Anytime we are exclusive, when we close people out, we do ourselves a grave injustice. Welcome back to 20 Minutes of Winning. I'm Dave Ketchin, once again here with Larry Thornton. How are you doing today, Larry? Dave, I'm doing great. Always good to be with you for another 20 Minutes of Winning. My pleasure. So today we're talking about winning through diversity and inclusion. That's a topic that a lot of folks probably think is a relatively recent phenomenon, but in fact, uh, goes back a very long time. One of my favorite examples involves uh, President Abraham Lincoln. As we know, uh, most U.S. presidents will fill up their cabinets with people who think very much like they do. Um, Lincoln took a very different approach As we know, the election that he won, uh, the first one, was uh, hotly contested. And um, what he did was create what was called the team of rivals to serve on his cabinet. So these were politicians. They were all unified in their opposition to slavery, but they had very different views on economics and other leading issues. And Lincoln's thought was, by getting very diverse mindsets in a room together, we can come to uh, greater solutions than we might otherwise. So you've had the honor of serving on multiple boards of directors. Um, I know that in most instances going into those boards, you were a pioneer in the sense that looking around the room, you saw white faces pretty exclusively. I'm wondering if there's been any situations where having yourself in the room has caused a board of directors, caused a CEO to think a little bit differently about a problem, to come up with a different solution that they might have otherwise? Well, I would certainly uh, agree that diversity is good. And uh, I'd also say that anytime we are exclusive, when we close people out, we do ourselves a grave injustice to the greater value that's offered by any corporation. Uh, And as I say on all of these, and I hope I'll remember to say it on any of these, Most of what we talk about, Dave, yes, it's about business. And yes, every individual, from my own perspective, I believe, uh, is in business for him or herself. And if you believe that, if you understand that, then it's more about life skills than it is about the numbers and the metrics and the PL and the financial jargon. All of that's good. And let me tell you just real quickly where I got that from. So I'm, I'm wanting to go in business. I'm, ver- I'm quite reticent because I don't have the MBA. 
nor do I have an undergraduate degree in business. So famous Amos is coming to town, the cookie man. And so I'm at this luncheon. I'm not in business, but I want to be. And I have my notes and I kind of uh, inconspicuously put my pad underneath the table and my pen. And I want to take these notes about uh, economics and all of the capture, all of the business jargon. And he never once, Dave, says anything relative to what I thought I was going to get. No accounting, no finance. He said things like, treat your people with respect. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And he would say this. He would intersperse this comment throughout his missive. You know, it's really just a matter of common sense, (laughs) which really ain't so common these days. And he said that three times. Well, most of life, all of business, in my opinion, It's about common sense, common sense. Whatever business starts to be about anything other than common sense, that's when you'll see Larry Thornton going belly up. But if it remains common sense, I think we're going to be okay. So do you have, you and I have talked, and I want to get to an example or two, but you and I have talked about uh, a study that you were privy to, particularly as it relates to women. And I would say that women and African-Americans have had somewhat of a similar plight in this kind of a white male-oriented society as it relates to leadership and business. Talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So uh, this is a study looking at product recalls in the medical devices industry. Yeah, that's it. As you can imagine, uh, if we have a medical device that has a defect, uh, there's some pretty serious implications of that. Um, People can get harmed. People can die. Uh, The company's reputation can be soiled. So um, just in general, we would like to see a product recalled pretty darn quickly after we discover there's a defect. But in reality, many times companies kind of drag their feet. Maybe they're hoping that the problem will just go away if I ignore it. Maybe they're hoping that it'll be discovered that maybe the product's not really defective, but the doctors are making mistakes in how they use it. Bad thinking. So what we did in this study was look at what effect does adding women to the board of directors have on the speed with which defective medical products are recalled. Great point. So I think you'll find this pretty interesting. If we, if a board goes from zero women to one woman, there's really no effect on the speed of the recall. But if we go from one woman to two women, products get recalled on average 28 days faster. How about that? That's a full 35% reduction. And keep in mind, every day that the defective product stays on the market, people are potentially harmed, if not killed. That trend continues if we go from two women to three women, three women to four women, and so on. 
And so I think it's a pretty profound illustration of how uh, diversity and inclusion can have, you know, not just not just PR benefits, but substantive benefits to the company. And I want to harp a little bit on the word inclusion, because if we think about what I just said, going from zero women to one woman, no difference at all. So that board added diversity, but they probably did not add inclusion because (laughs) if you have one woman in a room full of men, very rich, very accomplished men, it's pretty easy for them to dismiss her opinion. It's probably hard for her in some instances to feel compelled to speak up with a lot of uh, authority, with a lot of conviction. But if we have two or three or four women, that's when we actually have inclusion. That's when they can actually make a strong difference in how quickly those products get recalled. Well, Dave, you make an interesting point. And I think that the same scenario would be somewhat comparable from an African-American perspective. But if one were to ask the question, why is it that we have so few women, so many other ethnicities represented in these corporate spaces, I would think that it goes back to a piece, Dave, that I have printed in my prologue that poses a very basic and fundamental question. What is it that you see when you see me? What is it that I see when I see you? That is perhaps the innermost personal question that we can ask of ourselves. And if we are willing to deal honestly with that question as it relates to ethnicity, sexuality, ableness, financial status, housing, most of us can identify a bias. So when we have that internal debate and challenge ourselves to write our vision of others, then and only then can we open ourselves up to see people who think differently than ourselves, who look different than ourselves, who perhaps believe different than ourselves. Now we have what we call economy of scale. I can grow from those resources. Case in point, in 1994, I'm elected to the board of directors of a bank. Now understand that I grew up in a setting where my parents never had a checking account. And here I am going to my first board meeting. I can't tell you how intimidating the experience was. You kind of hit on it a moment ago. Here are 11 of the wealthiest men in our city and county. And there I am sitting there in these long, tall leather chairs with my name and brought it on the cover of my folder. And I'm sitting there, Dave, and I look at my binder, my red binder, and I kind of, kind of um, inconspicuously peek over to see if everybody else's binder is as red as my binder. <laughs> it makes the moment real. But I can't think of a more intimidating circumstance. But I will tell you that though I'm one, 
Uh, I found after a year or two, we talked about comments so I can talk about getting black clients into our bank. What did that lead to? If I'm going to go and approach these dentists, associates of mine and physicians, got to have a black officer. It just makes sense. Let's just have the conversation. Not once did I ever receive any resistance. I had a voice and I shared my thoughts. That's what it means, the long and short of it, to have representation on the board. It was some six years later before this same board got its first female on the board. Completely different perspective, complexion. And that's what it does. And I'd say that that bank is much better as a result of having just that level of diversity. What happens now if we start to look at the Spanish-speaking community, the Asian community, because everybody counts. That's a life issue. That's just not a business issue. And all of those people have money, too. Hello. Amen. Why would we purposely avoid people who have money that might want to put it in our bank? And we do it every day, Dave, because we're not thinking big picture. You can play checkers for the rest of your life, or you can play chess, making moves for tomorrow. <clears throat> and uh, I think chess is a smarter approach to life. You know, so much of what we're talking about depends on the receptivity of the people who are ultimately in authority. And it sounds like the board that you were serving on, people were very receptive to your ideas. Um, when I was in graduate school, I saw a very different situation in a uh, master's level marketing course that I took. There was, I, I think, just one black student in that class. Yeah. And we were talking about a case. You know, we do case analysis in business schools. Yeah. And uh, this student, as part of the class discussion, you know, it's, it's run using the Socratic method where the professor is firing questions at you yeah. and putting you on the spot. Was well, part of this process, this particular student said, I think this company is making a big mistake because they are totally ignoring the African-American market. And that's a market where hair products are pretty important. <laughs> now, bear in mind, this is around 1990. So, you know, you had, had Michael Jackson on TV pretty much every day with hair yeah. products in his hair. Prince, same thing. Um, the professor was extraordinarily dismissive. So whenever somebody would come up with a good, what he considered to be a good idea, he would write it on the chalkboard. Back then we had chalkboards. There you go. This particular student's idea did not make the chalkboard. Wow. wow. And you could see the disappointment on his face. He tried bringing up his idea one or two more times. And each time the professor was dismissive. Yep. And, you know, in, in retrospect, looking back that many years, I wish myself or some of my fellow students would have come to this person's defense yeah. a little bit and said, 
hey, professor, you know, you need to yeah. listen. You need to listen to him because he's making a good point. So um, I think a lot of it has to do with that. The CEO of any given situation, how right. receptive is that CEO to uh, diverse opinions? Dave, I think you're so right in that regard. And so the road, of course, hadn't been easy. You've read my book, but here again, going back to the life skill element of this entire process of humanity, uh, getting in, showing up on time, being about business, gaining and developing the appropriate relationships, the trust, whether that's with the CEO, president or chairman of the board, so that the credibility piece is there first, because that's something that has to be earned. You can see a part of it on the resume during the interviews. We can see a good bit of that, but over time, it has to be established. So I would suggest uh, taking the time and be deliberate about driving the, the point, because obviously we have systemic bias and by virtue of what I see when I see you could very well get in the way of what could be a very, very profitable idea for the brand. So you talked about money just a few moments ago. That's what we are all about. And those conversations we have with any of the brands, I know that, let's take Coca-Cola, for instance, uh, our brand of Sprite might be virtually non-existent were it not for Spanish-speaking, Latino community, African-American community, our Sugar Line brands, Fanta products. And so uh, that's economic. That's about dollars. Therefore, we should have the representation uh, at the very top of our business. And uh, I preached that. I talked about that. And uh, we have two African-Americans, two women on our board, and I couldn't be more proud. And I'll say that if I didn't speak up, that probably might not be the case. But uh, the CEO and the chairman listened, responded. And I think, again, our company is all the better for it as a result of it. I always like to wrap up with a couple of uh, practical tips for our, uh, our audience and the first one is that, you know, we tend to look to people who look like us for guidance and advice. But when we do that, we're probably going to get the same answer that we would give ourselves, given the similarities. So our first practical thought is the next time you're making an important decision, be deliberate about getting advice from somebody who is different from you in terms of age, sex, race, maybe all three. We get what we see. When we see differently, we do differently. And uh, I think it behooves all of us to take that internal look and challenge our own selves, even the reticence about ourselves to say, how can I augment and thereby see more appropriately what I should see when I see other people? I am the beneficiary of that when I do that. Absolutely. So our second closing theme is uh, that winning requires authenticity and an authentic effort to incorporate varied perspectives. 
Um, a lot of the diversity initiatives that we see these days, um, I think they're well-intentioned, but there's a lot of box checking involved. Did you watch these five training videos and did you pass the quizzes that were offered after each video? That's really not the same as embracing diverse perspectives. It doesn't really produce any tangible benefits to the company, I believe. And I so we need to focus on real inclusion, not just box checking. As I said, did you meet anybody today that didn't look like you, that didn't think the way you thought? That's perspective. Let's keep in mind this one point. It is very, very difficult to close other people out without at the same time, simultaneously closing and locking ourselves in. We gain nothing when we are closed off. It's a great point because I already know what I know. I don't know what you know, and I'd like to. I'd like to. Well, thanks for your time, Larry. I really appreciate this opportunity for us to get together, and I'll sure look forward to doing it again. It is always my pleasure, my friend, and I look forward to the next round. Can't wait. <laughs>